Hello, I am Val Pancakes, and joining me tonight on the stack, we have um, Magnum Pro owner and pro wrestler, Mr. Jason Strife. He is a seven-hour Ironman, a doting doggy daddy, and <laughs> you've probably seen him on the WWE more time than you think. Please welcome Jason Strife. Hey, thanks for having me, Val. Thanks for being here. I'm so glad I get to interview you. Hmm. I've known you for quite some time, but there's still a lot about your wrestling history that I don't really know. Oh, my wrestling history is pretty interesting. I know. That's why I was like, you'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) So just to start off, set the stage for everybody else. um, What was a young Jason Strife like? Uh, I was a, I was a problem child. Um, not like in the sense of I got like in trouble as far as like with the law or arrested or things like that. But, uh, so I was a preacher's kid and for anybody that knows anything, preacher's kids are always the worst. Uh, luckily I had an older brother before me that got in all the trouble before I did. So I got away with a lot because I learned how to get away with it from him. So, uh, I mean, I, I, as a kid, I'm, I'm the same as I was, or as the same as I am now, just, just dial. I just got dialed back. So like, if you see me in the ring, uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm like, I was always having fun as a kid. I was a class clown. I always wanted to be the center of attention. Uh, you know, so obviously I'd become a professional wrestler, right? So what else would you do? What else would you do? <laughs> I didn't want to be a wrestler though. So that's where it gets interesting. Um, but yeah, I was class clown center of attention. Uh, I was always doing, I got older. I started doing crazier stuff. Uh, my friends and I in high school were really into cars and jackass. Uh, so that was a terrible combination. Uh, I used to get in trouble for running up the bleachers and backflipping off of them. Um, I distinctly remember a time when uh, my friends put me in a trash can and shoved me off the top of the bleachers. Uh, we did, oh God, my senior class project was on medieval entertainment. And yeah, well, <laughs> obviously we don't have anything like medieval-y back in like 2003. Uh, so my friend and I put uh, my Taekwondo sparring gloves on the end of broomsticks and got in shopping carts and had trash can lids. And we made our friends push us into each other full steam and we jousted and we recorded it. And that was my senior class project. So we did a lot of really, uh, really dumb stuff. So that was a, I mean, that's how I was as a kid. I was, I surprisingly broke a lot less bones than uh, I should have. And, you know, backyard wrestling included. So So what was your first exposure to wrestling? Oh, I was really young. I want to say it was, I want to say it was like 88, like 88, 89 or 90. So I was like either three or five or some shit like that. Uh, and it was a, it was a, it was a WWF house show. And I think it was, I think that my first one I ever went to was in Lincoln at the Pershing center. 
Uh, my mom's got a photo, a photo album full of pictures and there's one of me and my brother in there. Uh, but I think the first one was in Lincoln. Uh, and then we would go to like the Civic Auditorium when it was still around. God rest his soul. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was really my first experience. And then I obviously learned it was on TV uh, and got to watch it then. So. So I'm hearing that your mom is directly responsible for what you become. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, she would be the biggest reason that I wouldn't be a wrestler. Um, it, in reality, uh, I, probably my brother. I mean, if you have to, if we have to put it on anybody, it's probably my brother. I mean, my dad took us, but probably my brother would come home and kick my ass all over the house. So we'd have to be part of it, I guess. We'd have to be part of it. So I know you said you got started. <clears throat> Did you have any formal training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and <laughs> I was actually trained as a professional wrestler, yes. Per se, I guess. So how did you decide where to train and what was training like in taking your first bump? <laughs> uh, so when I was 16, myself and my best friend at the time found out that there was a wrestling school in Omaha. It was, it was OWA, it was Omaha Wrestling Association. Uh, it was Maury Swanger's wrestling school. And they had a young lions class. It was for people that were under 18 and their parents would sign a waiver and all the typical stuff. Uh, my, my mom refused to let me do it. Uh, my best friend's parents wouldn't let him do it either, but I would continually try to go over there and like peek in and, and, Oh yeah, you know, I'm here to check it out. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it never worked. So, you know, I just had to deal with that. And then came, came time, I was 18, and I told myself, I was like, <coughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this and give it a shot. Because, you know, it was just like me and my friends in high school, we we're, we're do backyard wrestling. Probably 90% of professional wrestlers nowadays, if, if they tell you they didn't backyard wrestle, they're probably lying. Uh, but uh, when I turned 18, I was, I was working full-time at a footlocker. Uh, I was the assistant manager, and uh, I remember hating, absolutely hating our district manager uh, at the time, and like, I came into work one day, and I had gotten written up for, the night before we were at a uh, memorial show for uh, Chip Douglas, who was a really talented guy from our area that uh, passed away down at Harley Race School. And so we went to the memorial show for that. And we had been to a couple other shows that were OWA shows. Uh, this one had been rebranded like NRW or something. Uh, shit changed more times than most guys change their underwear. It was ridiculous. So we went to that. <coughs> and we're, we're sitting there and I'm just like, man, this is cool, blah, 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 blah. I'm 18 now. And so we ran into one of the guys and like, hey, we have a show tomorrow. It's just like this little fair show and it's in a town called Arian, Arian, Iowa. It was a, there, there couldn't have been more than 125 people in this town. It was literally tucked between two sets of train tracks. And it was, uh, it was like their, 
yearly summer festival was in August. It was like Buffalo Days or something. So we're like, all right, well, I was like, I got to work tomorrow. So like, I'm not going to be able to go. I went into work that morning and my manager was like, oh, I got these write-ups for you. You're, you're in trouble for this. Right. You're in trouble for that. And I, I signed the first one because, yeah, it was, I had one of my employees that was leaving to go to the Air Force. And so, like, if anybody's ever been in a footlocker back in the day, or I don't even know if they still do now because I haven't been to a mall and I could tell you how fucking long. They always have the TVs with all the all the shit going all the time. And back when I worked there, it was like the same music videos over and over and all that. Well, it was just running on a DVD loop. So I was like, hey, fuck it. We're going to watch Top Gun today. So, of course, the day that I'm letting my employees watch Top Gun, the district manager shows up. Oh, well, you can't be doing that. And I was like, yeah, it's his last day. Like, well, we get paid to run those videos. Like, well, I'm sick of fucking listening to him. I, I worked here for 13 months with the same shit every three months. Like, I was mad. She was all butthurt because I was talking back because I didn't care about her. And it was just annoying. So I got written up for that. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, no big deal. I'll sign it. But then they're handing me this paper and they're like, hey, uh, you sent this customer down to the I was in a I was in a mall with a footlocker here at one end of the hall. And then three stores down there was another footlocker. Yeah, don't ask me why. Mall the bluffs was crazy. That's how we do it. And uh, the guy came back. He's like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't like this hat. I don't want this hat. I want to return it. I was like, you can check out my hat. See if you want to pick out something else. It's fine. And he's like, this is a really long, like we're leading up to this. It's going to be very anticlimactic. So I apologize. <laughs> but this guy doesn't find a hat. So I send him to the other store. Well, instead of coming back to my store to return it, he just returns it there. So they missed their goal of the day by like $27 because it's one of those ugly ass flat brimmed $40 starter new era hats or bullshit that people were wearing then. And so they wrote me up for that. Like I grabbed that piece of paper. I was like, I ain't fucking signing this. This is dumb. Like figure this shit out. Like I'm not doing that. And there's like, well, you have to sign it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not signing it. So if you tell me one more time, I have to sign it. I'm going to go in the bathroom and wipe my ass with it when I change. I sat on the desk and I went in the bathroom and changed. And I come out and this motherfucker's like, oh, I'm going to have to let you go. Like scared shitless. Like I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like, fine. Fuck this place. Fuck you. And I left. And luckily it was at like 10 a.m. So I called my buddies like, hey, let's go to this fucking wrestling show. It's at two o'clock or something. We got the car, hauled ass out there and helped him set up the ring. And that's where I met uh, Hype Gotti. And I had already known Jane Drago because he's the one that told me about the show. <coughs> and we helped him set up. We helped him tear down. And uh, at the end of the day, Hype was like, hey, come out to the school on Tuesday. He's like, I'll train you myself. I'll train you personally. And I was like, all right. fuck it." So I went out there and paid whatever it was. I think it was like 75 bucks a month or something like that. And Went out there on Tuesday. I think it ended up being like the first week of September or something. And I officially started wrestling training. I told you, very anticlimactic. <laughs> there was a long time <laughs> to build to that. Chris Manning's popping for Hype Gotti, I'm sure, right now. <laughs> well, who doesn't pop for Hype Gotti? Well, fucking nobody anymore. <laughs> you weren't you weren't kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're popping so, something because of Hype Gotti. <laughs> oh, 
what? Looks like shit. So, I broke her. I win. I win the internet. So, uh, you uh, you said that you didn't originally want to get into wrestling, but it sounds like you you really did. So, and it, and you've been doing it for a minute now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the original plan was uh, out of high school, I was going to go to stunt school. I wanted to be a stuntman. I mean, I, you know, pro wrestler, stuntman, kind of the same thing, right? Uh, except that one of the jobs, you make a lot of money and get to live somewhere cool. The other job, you just live in this shithole that is the Midwest and barely make enough to get by. But yeah, I wanted to be a stuntman. Uh, and so when I graduated school, um, I went to, uh, I went to literally fill out the application. I was going to go to, it was like up in the Seattle area. And, uh, I had been looking at all these schools of LA, uh, there's some in Louisiana, New York, and this one in Washington was like the most reputable. Uh, so I, when I went to fill out the application, apparently I didn't do enough research because at the time I found out you had to be 20. And I was like, well, fuck me. Like. I don't want to wait two years. Like, I want to do this now. I want to go drive cars, get lit on fire, and fall off tall things. Somebody out there is probably like, why didn't you just become a deathmatch wrestler? <laughs> That's not my bag. Uh, so I couldn't do it. So I was like, well, uh, you know, whatever. I'll just bide my time. I'll save up money or whatever and figure it out. Because it was like six, three weeks? Six weeks. It was, it was a long time. Like, I had to be out in, like, the Seattle area for a long time. So, you know, save up more money, hotel, all that stuff. And uh, and then, obviously, all of this came about, and I was like, well, it can't hurt to do this for a little while. And so, yeah, I started wrestling. I thought wrestling was going to be a jumping-off point for me to go be a fucking movie star. <laughs> Didn't work. It sucked me in, the goddamn black hole that it is. You love it. Love, hate, you know. Ooh. You wouldn't have been doing it for this long if you didn't love it. I know, I know. It's it's <laughs> So speaking of, um, how long have you been wrestling? It will be the start of my seventeenth year come the end of June. And what like like I said, when we first started, mm-hmm. I have known you for a while, but even I don't know your full wrestling history. Um, I know that you were out in California for a while. I know you've wrestled overseas. Yep. Yep. Uh, so so like, my, run, like, it, run it down for everyone else. <laughs> so obviously like the, my, my official, my official debut was like the end of June, 2004. Uh, I had just had a botched, I had just had a botched hernia surgery that I had recovered from uh, and actually wasn't supposed to wrestle for like another four weeks, but I was like, Oh, fuck it. I'm fine. I'll do it anyways. Uh, so I had my first match with the fucking nice old bandage on my abdomen and everything wore a t-shirt. Like I was, I was like super skinny fat when I was like, I was a hundred and oh God, I don't know, like 163 pounds or something like that. And I, like, I just look like shit. So I wore, uh, I wore a customized t-shirt because at that time, uh, I think around that time I was working with one of my trainers at his dad's t-shirt shop, uh, uh, Jim Spearies, 
T-tops and crossroads and God rest his soul. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, Magnum wouldn't be as successful as it is if it wasn't for everything I learned from Jim. Uh, Jim was a fucking great man. So uh, if there's one good thing that came of training with Jaden, it was getting to spend a lot of time with his old man. So, uh, so I was wearing customized t-shirt and then I had some fucking Jordan basketball shorts that have my name on the side. Like everything that I hate about indie wrestling right now. Like I was. So you would hate yourself. There is, yeah, I would beat my own fucking ass 10 times over if if I sent myself footage now. Like I would be like, I'm going to find you. Like I'd be Liam Neeson. I'm going to find you. I have a particular set of skills. Like, you know, it was terrible. Uh, but I went out there, you know, we did the match. It was a, uh, uh, at the time, the guy's name was Cousin Skeeter. Uh, wrestles now is Joey Daniels. Uh, we had a fun little match. Me and uh, me and Joey have always had decent chemistry. We've always had just fine little matches every time we've ever wrestled. So <laughs> uh, he's a good cat. It's good to see him still clicking along. So uh, June of 2004, I had that match. And then um, started wrestling for PCW in Sioux City, Iowa. And we just got, I started up there and started kind of meeting some more people. Uh, actually, our head, our senior referee, like whatever you want to call him now, my referee correspondent for Magnum, uh, Mason, was a guy that ran that. Uh, I got to meet a lot of interesting people, got to work a lot of fun people, made a ton of connections there. Um, really took that place for granted. Uh, I look back at, I look back at stuff now. And like, I tell my students now, like even the places that might be like your fuck off places where you go and try new things and do stuff like that. Like you can't take that stuff for granted. Um, like I look back now, there's so many, I, there's so many things I could have learned earlier on if I paid more attention, but I was young and I could do cool shit. So I was pretty arrogant. Um, which if there's any aspiring wrestlers watching now, keep your fucking attitude and ego in check. Uh, Cause I'll be the first motherfucker to call you out on it now. But uh, that hurt me a lot when I was younger. Uh, and you know, I'm one of the people that can admit it. Like I, I know I didn't ever essentially have anybody put me in my place on it. And I wish I would have, uh, but I lost a lot of opportunities because of it. So that sucked, but it started out there. And then, um, started out there and we're just, I was going and going, I was meeting people. Uh, I got asked to go down to work for, um, it was NWA Central States. I think it was before, I think they even inevitably transferred over to just like Central States wrestling. But I remember it was NWA Central States and I was scheduled to go down and wrestle my trainer, Hype Gotti, because they were trying to look at Hype for a spot on their shows. Uh, you know, I went down there and blew him out of the water and I got the spot on the shows. Uh, it was Showtime Darian Sanders that set that up. Uh, and I, inevitably, they told me that later. And like, I didn't know. Like, I was just like, oh, cool. I get a booking in Kansas. Like, yeah, this will be cool. Sure. I'm out of I'm, I'm out of Iowa. That's awesome. Um, and so, like, I started going down there and that's kind of where I got my first big break. Uh, I got to wrestle Sanjay Dutt down there, which led to the Midwest X division, Midwest X division title match with Matt Seidel where I won the belt. And that was, that ended up being like Oh five, early Oh six. 
I don't remember. So, I mean, like I was, you know, not even two years in and had a regionally recognized affiliated national championship. So it was like, oh shit. Uh, and then from there, I kind of, there I started to get out more and more. It was like at that time when I got that, like that's kind of when I had a mini blow up. You know, I started, that got eyes on me in Des Moines when 3X Wrestling started up. Uh, that inevitably got me out into the Chicago area when I was working for, uh, I got to work for Ed Schumann, uh, which was a, was a fucking blessing. Uh, anybody in wrestling that knew Ed Schumann obviously can't say enough nice things about that guy. Um, and any everybody that didn't get a chance to wrestle for Ed Schumann is a goddamn shame because uh, he was... That guy was a trip, but uh, out there, I got to meet a lot of people, Uh, you know, people that are on TV now, Carl Anderson, uh, I wrestled Alex Shelley out there, I wrestled Black Machismo, Jay Lethal out there, Uh, I had one of, one of the matches that I still consider one of my favorites of all times uh, was a singles match with Jason Dukes, Uh, I had that match out there, and that still I can go back and watch that now and and I love it I actually pick apart my little things but like the match itself was super solid uh and just all that kind of kept leading out I got uh opportunities at the time smart mark video was huge and uh IWA Mid-South was like the place to be so we're creeping into like 2007-ish area, and I got to start working for the Ritters at NWA No Limits and combine that with uh, Ian Rotten running there. I got in with Ian, so that got me to IWA Mid-South. Uh, I had made connections with Eric Cannon and then had started making my way into Minnesota, working for a lot of different places. Uh, AWA Rush. A lot of people don't remember Cowboy Gator McGraw, but he ran the AWA Rush. Uh, up in the Mankato area. And those are some of the best times I've ever had in my life. And in professional wrestling was because of him up there. Um, I mean, I basically lived in Minnesota for like three weekends out of the month. And I stayed at a uh, sorority house. I mean, like, I was in fucking heaven. If I could go back to any time, it would be right back there. So, uh yeah, and then there's, you know, I, I did all that. I started doing more. I kind of, I started doing uh, first wrestling up there for Canon. And then uh, my schedule started getting taken up more and more uh, by IWA Mid-South. And by then we had started building like some big angles. Uh, I made evented the night one of the TPI with Dingo uh, in probably in a dog collar match. Probably one of my favorite matches I've ever had, me and Dingo, which is beat the shit out of each other so if anybody has access to that back catalog uh those are matches people need to check out it was tpi 2008 because that is the match that got me to southern california and so it was right there i started working in socal for about the next two two and a half years about every month um it was out it was out there i had a I was a part of a six-man tag or two six-man tags that got nominated for SoCal Match of the Year. And it was out there working with the guys out there, uh, Gary Yap and Anthony Maris, 
uh, talking a lot with Anthony Maris is what eventually led me to coming back here and opening Magnum in 2011. Now, I was, like I said, going through the old back catalog of whatever Magnum stuff is on YouTube and um, ran across a tag match. Um, Team Man Pretty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, what, which variation of that, though? There's like nine of them. <laughs> it was you and Peter Avalon. Yeah, me and Peter Avalon. Was it Tyler Bateman and Funny Bone that we wrestled? Yes, it was. Yeah, I love Tyler. And I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I I love Peter. We, uh, Peter and I wrestled uh, a couple times for NWA Mach One, which the late John Ian used to run. Uh, I always used to go in. I would always get flown into SoCal. Uh, sometimes Thursdays or early Fridays, because uh, Mach 1 ran every Friday uh, in Anaheim. And so I would just message Johnny and be like, hey, man, I'm going to be coming in. Can you make a spot for me? And and John would, he was always super gracious about doing that. He even gave me like a lot of really good matches. Uh, I worked a lot of guys that are, well, guys now that are obviously featured on TV, Peter Avalon's and AEW. And then uh, worked a lot of guys that ended up working for Dave Marquez at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood pretty regularly. And then, uh, I mean, I wrestled I wrestled Joey Ryan there once. Funny story about that. Do you want a funny story about that? Yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, I mean, we we have to like because it doesn't really matter now if I tell this story. But uh, so I get there and Johnny is like, "Hey, you, you work with Joey? Ha, <laughs> fuck, cool. All right." Little little like a little segue to that. I worked Joey. I actually defended the PWP Heavyweight Championship in Southern California against Joey Ryan on a West Coast Wrestling Company event. It was a. I hadn't talked to Joey much before that, like hardly ever. Uh, so I was like actually super nervous, and uh, I somehow that got back to Gary Yap, and fucking Joey tweeted it out. And, like, the moment I saw that, like, all of my, like, oh, cool, I'm wrestling this guy that I've watched for so long and blah, 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 blah. Like, all that just went, phew. And I'm like, I want to punch this motherfucker in the face. Like, I just got really hot about it. Uh, and we ended up going out. We, like, we went out. We had a really good match. We had a fuck, we had a banger. It might, it might be on my YouTube somewhere. Um, he ended up splitting my eye open with a diving forearm. Uh, but we had a really good match. Uh, so, Fast forward back to Mach 1, and uh, Johnny Ian's like, you work with Joey tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. So I go back, and we're, we're, we're bullshitting, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, I'm just, I don't feel good. I don't feel like doing anything, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck it, man. Let's just have a match. Let's do nothing but false finishes. He's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, you don't give a shit, so let's just fucking just go. Let's, just, let's bang a bunch of shit out in, like, three and a half minutes, and that's exactly what we did. Like, our match is like, boom, 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 boom. And he hits me with the spear. He picks me up and goes for the powerbomb. Gets me all the way up. I fart right in his mouth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I farted in Joey Ryan's mouth. <laughs> Nobody put that out on fucking Twitter because as much as everybody hates Joey, that should make me a fucking king now, right? Like, Yes. Jason Strike farted in Joey Ryan's mouth. It was never talked about. <laughs> Nothing was ever said. 
We just went on. We finished the match. And he's like, oh, it was great. Thanks, Bob. I'm like, yeah, man. Whole time in the back of my head. First thing I do is I find my buddy Anthony. I'm like, I farted in that motherfucker's mouth. He goes, good. <laughs> it was fun. I, you, know, you look back at it now, everybody's like, yeah, you should have just shit in it. You know, like, people just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that's how all that kind of came about. And I got to wrestle, um, at the time at one of the, uh, one of the Anokis was running in Japan. They were running IGF is what it was called. Uh, and at the time, one of their guys was over here and he was holding the, he ended up holding one of the NWA belts out there, I think. Uh, but I got to wrestle him. His name was Sushi Sawada. He's like a world judo champion. Uh, that match was a lot of fun. It was different. Uh, it was one of my first experiences getting to wrestle uh, foreign talent out in Southern California. Because at the same time, once once the Magnum train started rolling, um, we started doing what we would call offer matches. <laughs> we would call these offer matches where we would just find a promotion out in SoCal that would let us have a Magnum pro match. Our matches stole the show so many times that companies stopped letting us do them on their shows. I mean, fine by me. That just goes to show you how good they were. Uh, but because of that, I got to work with uh, Ryan Taylor, who's now Tyler Rust on NXT and Akira Tozawa, who I've wrestled multiple times now at this point. So um, a lot of cool stuff came from my time in Southern California. Uh, I even wrestled one of the Young Bucks out there. I don't know if footage still exists. I think it was... Hold on, I got to remember him. Who's got the dark hair? Is that Matt? Might be. Who's the jacked one of the two of the Bucks? Somebody in the comments going to tell us? I was going to say, I honestly don't know, so I'm really hoping somebody in chat uh, can, can help us out there. I, You know, I should know this, but... Um, I, the, 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 the jacked up one of the two wrestled... Uh, wrestled a different guy on the show for the title of Sexiest Man in Epic War, I think is what it was. And, uh, but the, but the joke is, is the other guy that I think the other guy's name was like Biggie Biggs. Yeah. I miss those guys. Uh, so that would have been, we had Nick, we would have had Nick in a four way. It was a four way elimination match. Cause I remember it because it was the week that Masawa died. So Tyler Bateman and I were throwing fucking elbows. Like they were going out of style that night. I remember that. And Nick wanted to get eliminated first, obviously, because uh, he, didn't, he didn't want to be in the match. Uh, he's like, I just want all you guys to super kick me at the same time. Again, sheer irony how that works out, you know? So, um, yeah, I, yeah I've, I've, I've wrestled Scorpio Sky at Mach 1, uh, and footage of that was on my camcorder that got stolen, and I'm pissed because it was a really, really, really good match. Uh, same thing with uh, L.A. Knight on NXT now. That was Sean Rickers. I got to wrestle him at Mach 1. Uh, he actually took a spot that we used and has actually and used it, like, a lot. Uh, 
even in his time, like during impact and stuff. So innovator. <laughs> so um, what brought you back here with the Magnum brand? Do you want the story as to why it was created? Is that what we're looking for here or? Um, why you, why you came back with it? Like what, what made you want to start your own company or run a company out of, especially out of here with, you know, shitty wrestling companies that already existed here. And, you know, not being, it's not a big wrestling area. No. So like, what made you? Well, it used to be a big wrestling area. So why couldn't it be a big wrestling area again? My answer to that is because people weren't doing it right. And so that's what I was setting out to do. I got tired of people not listening and just sticking to the same old shit that wasn't working. Um, so, you know, like when I decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to make a real go of this. Uh, I was just like, you know what? Like I found a venue. I made sure there was booze and then I had my ring built to fit in that venue. That's how I did it. Because when you, when you look like, especially in our area, like the Omaha area, um, when you look at what really draws, like MMA was drawing huge. Like the MMA fights here were drawing 1500 to 3,500 regularly. It's just because people, would spend a ton of money on alcohol to watch other people beat the shit out of each other. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I certainly like wrestling a lot more when I'm drinking. So there has to be alcohol where I'm going to run shows. I mean, I went so far as to when the venue I was in wasn't good enough anymore. I went to another venue and basically gave alcohol away to continue to entice people to be at the shows. I did it smart and I made a lot of money doing it, but that's a different side of things because I'm not giving away my business. Secrets. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole deal was literally just, I got sick of how wrestling was being run here. It was the same old shit. It was boring. Nobody was trying new things, different ideas. It was just spotlighting the same people all the time. Like, so I started Magnum because I was, like, I was out there. I had, a, I had a name going for me, but like other people, like you can't survive off one or two people. It doesn't work that way. So I was like, I'm going to build and make new people. There's five or 10, maybe 15 people that have worked for me that started out in Magnum Pro that were brought in and given a chance that went on and still do work at other companies in our area because I gave them that initial chance. So it's always how it was like, God, I'd have shows maybe halfway booked. And then I just be like, Oh, you showed up, you showed up, you showed up, you showed up. Hey, everybody jump in the match. Have a match. Here you go. Go wrestle. Like that's how I did it. It worked. It worked for a long time. I don't do that now, but actually I still kind of do. You know that. You've like, seen me on show days. I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do it quite a not as much as I used to, but I still do. And I appreciate those scramble matches. Oh, I hate them. I just hate them because nobody listens. But it's, I mean, it's a scramble match. Like, they are what they're supposed to be. Oh, well, don't get me started on that. You sound like a disappointed dad. <laughs> yeah, well, I look back at it. I'm pretty upset with myself sometimes. No. So what would you say has been your greatest achievement in wrestling? It can be just like keeping the company going or if you had like a specific title or match or opponent or anything like that. I've got a lot of noteworthy stuff. Um, you know, I've wrestled a lot of guys that have gone on to get signed for television, things like that. Um, but I mean, when it comes to like professional wrestling, like, my, my legacy is going to be, there's going to be Magnum Pro. Uh, keeping that going for 10 years has been, God, I didn't expect to, I didn't expect to keep it going more than two or three years and to go 10 years and then open a wrestling school during a pandemic. Like, awesome, stupid maybe, but I, you know, I don't know. That's, that's probably going to be my, that's, that's going to be my wrestling legacy. It's what, it be, I'm, what I'm going to be most proud of. I've done a lot with, with this little thing here, but I'm not done yet. Like it's, I'm tired of it being tired of it being this little thing in Omaha. Like we need to be like this big fucking thing in the country. And there's no reason we shouldn't be because I watch a lot of independent wrestling and quality wise, there isn't many that are up to snuff production wise. There's no more than a handful on the Indies that have anything near the production that we do. So you know, people out there, if you're not a local person here, that is knowing us and watching us, like get off your fucking ass and go find us on IWTV. Cause I promise you our shit's gold. Use promo code Magnum for five free days. Yeah. Sign up. Yeah. That's <laughs> We don't get those big kickback numbers like, you know, Game Changer and shit like that. I'm just happy people watch our stuff. So um, I mentioned in the intro that you've been on WWE a handful of times. <coughs> yeah. If, if you could run down. So if people have the network, they can go and find you. Uh, so we are... Uh, I was in, so I, I love gimmicks that require like a lot of extra people because that means if the WWE was coming to town, they needed a lot of people. Hence, Adam Rose. Thank God for the fucking conga line. Uh, I was in the conga line, uh, like, I don't know, six times on TV, some shit like that. Uh, I was the, the crazy Super Saiyan chicken that got shoved. Um... Like, that was cool. That was fun. Uh, shortly after that, when he got released, we brought him in to Magnum, and he remembered all that. Like, he's, you know, that's like, that's what like, the cool connections you make in wrestling. Um, I was also a security guard with Merrick Brave on SmackDown. I believe we were supposed to keep Randy Orton out of the building. I think is what was our job. We failed, obviously. Spoiler alert. Um, 
I was, I was, <laughs> I was the soldier that uh, went after Rusev during his feud with the Big Show in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I got death threats after that when people found out I wasn't actually a soldier. But I also got many nice messages from people on my fan page thanking me for my service. If there's ever a time for Pat Powers to chime in stolen valor, this would be it. <laughs> um, but that was really cool. Uh, and then... And then, and then obviously I was uh, uh, on 205 Live when I got to wrestle Akira Tozawa again. I believe that was actually like a July 4th episode of 20... 2018, 2017? I don't know. It was one of those two. I don't. I know it was in July, and it was early July. It was either the third or fourth. I can't remember if it was 18 or 17 or 18. But yeah, it was really cool. Like those were awesome experiences. Awesome experiences. So, what has been the greatest obstacle that you have overcome in wrestling to this point? to this point yeah uh i mean most recently it's probably got to be my uh my autoimmune disorder diagnosis and then uh, follow that up a year later and i've got cancer and then keep continually following that up and they still keep telling me i might have more cancer they can't decide if i have cancer uh i mean i see i see eight different specialists um, I take a shit ton of medication. I have weekly transfusions, but yet I still like, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. I'm wrestling better than 90% of fucking indie wrestlers out there right now. I'm still going it. So if there's, you know, if there's anything like it's that, you know, it's, I, I don't know how I keep going. My dad and my mom are baffled by how I keep going, but fuck it. I'm still going. So, I mean, it sucks. Like it takes, it takes a lot for me to just even get out of bed every day. It takes even more to get me to go to the gym. It takes 10 times more of that just to get me to show up at Magnum Patreon tapings, 20 times more to get me out of the building to or get me out of my house to go to a wrestling booking, but I'm doing it, you know, but you don't see me on Twitter pandering to every fucking person that'll listen to try to get myself over because there's something wrong with me. Like, this is it. This is my fucking life. People out there don't need to know about it, but I'm telling them about it because you asked about it. So you could have said anything. You could have said well, nothing. But I'm telling you what it is. <laughs> like you know that I'm a straight shooter. I don't. I tell it like it is. I say what I feel. So it's all good. I'm still here. I'm still kicking. <laughs> so um, I know that you are the seven hour iron man <laughs> i talk about all my california stuff and i blow over <laughs> setting a record <laughs> so if you, if you could maybe uh maybe mention that and tell us how that all came about yeah so gary yap had this crazy idea that i don't know if that dude was just like stoned out of his mind or what but he's like hey there's this the longest singles wrestling match is like six hours and 34 minutes. And it was like Ed Strangler Lewis and uh, George Hackenschmidt. I don't remember who the other person was. And I don't mean that in like an offense way. I just don't remember. I just remember, I, I just remember Ed right. Strangler Lewis and 
six hours and like 34 minutes. And he's like, we should do a set. We should do a, a six hour and 35 minute bench. I'm like, that's dumb. Just round the fuck up. Do seven hours. Like I said it jokingly. Cause like, I was just like, whatever. I wasn't even supposed to be in it. I was not originally planned to be in that match. But what happened was, is there was an open spot at PWG and a ton of fucking SoCal people were gunning for me to get the spot at PWG. And I remember it. And I'm going to put myself on blast here. I remember it. And they put Willie Mack in the spot instead. And I fucking blew up. Like I, I blew up on Twitter. I remember it's one of the reasons I don't Twitter anymore. Cause I'm just, I'm, I can, I got fucking bad anger management problem. So, uh, that kind of just fucked me on that front and my phone rings and he's like, I, Gary, I gotta have, I gotta have you in that seven hour match. You're going to do it with Johnny Suave. If anybody looks back at the time in the matches I've had with Johnny Suave in Southern California, I actually knocked his tooth out of his mouth. And then the promoter went back It wasn't even the promoter actually it was, I think it was Gary put a slow-mo of it, of me kneeing him and he didn't cover for it properly and you just see the tooth go poo and he slows it down and you just watch it fall so we all had a good laugh about that because it wasn't my fault i'm a good wrestler um and he's like I, i'm gonna have you gotta do this match he's seven hours you think you can do it and i'm just like i remember sitting in my car and i'm like fuck it man whatever like, fine so we're we're going through all the stuff and it's supposed to be johnny suave and i think it was like three weeks before Suave bailed or something. And so then I get Rockstar Cordova. Nice guy. Rockstar's nice guy. He's great. But he's one of those guys is like, I've been wrestling. And this was 2011, 2012. I actually have the footage. I was, I have to finish putting it together so I can upload it to IWTV. So the whole seven hour match is going to be available on IWTV soon. By soon, I mean like I don't know, two three months because I'm lazy. That's unless anybody out there, unless anybody out there wants to handle all that for me, it's literally just clipping everything together. But um, he, so I get Rockstar Cordova, and it's again like this is 2011, 2012. Well, I've been wrestling for like ten years. The guy's been wrestling for like ten years, but he's had fifteen matches. Like you're not really a ten year veteran. You're a 15 match veteran, you know, like <laughs> at that point, at that point up leading up till then I had had 10 to 15 times more matches than him, obviously, because I had been wrestling all over at that point with a lot more than 10 or 15 times, but I digress. So, uh, so now I have to, uh, so now I have to take this guy and I've got to wrestle him for seven hours. Like, that's not something, like, wrestlers nowadays want to fucking go over all their stuff. They want to put everything together. They want to flip, flop, and fly, and whatever else, and yada, 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 yakety, schmackety. No, I'm going to work a 45-minute fucking headlock. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I've got to wrestle for seven hours. The whole time that this guy books this, he has people wait. Oh, oh no, I got to This gets even better. Stop. I got to backtrack a little bit. <laughs> He, this is supposed to be like a gigantic charity event. So he's supposed to have this big gigantic hall 
in Reseda. I guess Reseda, not Reseda. Temecula. He's supposed to have like this community hall rented out for the whole day and all this jazz. People are going to be able to come and go as they please and so on and so forth. He fails on all fronts. So they put the fucking ring up in his side yard. <laughs> we are in the side yard with his turtles. I have to dodge turtle shit to get to the ring. <laughs> now, this was in like January. SoCal isn't always hot. So by the end of the match, I'm putting clothes back on because it's like 53 degrees. But he has people waiting in the wings. And I didn't see this until after the fact, but he's like asking all these people, like, uh, they're, they're not even going to make it two hours. Oh, they might make it three. Oh, one guy was optimistic. It was like four. And there was one guy, one guy that's like, they're going to they're gonna fucking do it. Like, all right, fuck it. But he had people waiting inside that if at any point that we failed, there was going to be a run-in to set up something else later. The moment I found out about that, I was like, absolutely fucking not. I'm going all seven hours. I'm going to set this world fucking record. Well, guess who didn't have Guinness there? <laughs> he contacted Guinness, but then never officially ended up setting everything up. He's like, well, I can just send him the footage afterwards. I don't think he ever did. But well, we made it. I went seven hours. I went seven hours and my body just shut off. I remember crawling into a bathtub and I just laid there and everything stopped working. I was like, fuck. Like I just started shaking. Like the whole, so it's an Iron Man match. You get pinned, you know, there's like a 60 second break. This guy was running into the fucking bathroom all the time and all this shit. Like, we played all this shit up. Like, if he ran, if he ran inside and tried to take a shit, there'd be a fucking count to count him out. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch, but it's seven hours. But I also know I'm an entertainer. So, like, I'm doing live commentary on the match, in the match. I'm telling everybody in the... I'm telling everybody watching my life story as we're wrestling... At one point, I get to the point where I'm just countering moves, talking about the fact that I have two college degrees, so I'm really smart. Like, just, just I'm just trying to entertain people, like, because people stayed the whole seven hours. Like, the fact that there are people that watched me act like a fucking doofus for seven hours is astounding to me. But I did it. I had them hooked. I kept them there. And, yeah, like, that's, there's a pretty... I used to I used to brag about that all the time. And it's just like, how can people not give a shit about that? But the moment somebody goes 60 minutes or, you know, most recently two hours, and they're like king fucking dingling, like, cool, two hours. I guarantee you right now, if you give me if you give me four weeks to get ready, I'll go another fucking seven hours. I'll make your fucking two hours look like shit. And I'm a 35-year-old man that's basically fucking dead still out there going is that an open challenge 
here's the thing. Somebody's going to have to pay me a lot of money to do it. <laughs> I'm still owed money from the other one. So, but I would do it again. <laughs> if somebody wants to book it, I'll do it. Heard it here first. <laughs> so, um, moving on to just kind of more fun topics, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was not what? about seven hours, Val? Huh? That was an interesting story. That was a great story. I asked about it because I knew that it would be. Yeah, you haven't. I don't think I've ever like, seen it. You haven't even touched on road stories or anything yet. So. Oh, that's exactly where I'm going. Yeah, actually. I got some road stories for you. I know you do. <laughs> so before before we hit that, what do you when you travel? I don't like. What do you like to listen to, or what music like gets you hyped before your matches? Uh, oh, like when I travel or like when I'm on the road or when I'm somewhere else, like getting ready to wrestle? Both. Okay. Uh, I used to fall asleep in the car a lot. Shout out to Donnie Pepper Cricket. He's probably the only reason I'm still alive. Uh, but ironically, now I'm the guy that stays awake. I don't get it. I'm old and broken. I should be asleep five minutes once the car starts, but I'm not. Uh, I don't listen to music uh, on car rides. I, I try and converse. Uh, a lot of times, though, I'm booking Magnum shows or I'm playing video games. I have a PlayStation Vita. Uh, I play Chrono Trigger all the time. I love it. I can replay it. I can beat it and replay it right away. It's like my favorite game of all time. So uh, I do that a lot. I'm also not one of those people that I don't listen to music to get hyped. Like, this isn't an MMA fight. Like, I didn't even listen to I didn't. I didn't even have headphones on. Was like bouncing around and shit before my MMA fight. Like I was just I hung out with TJ Benson. And was like, yeah, man, like, but cool. And then <laughs> TJ taught me how to do this really cool choke, and then I won my fight with it. So I'm just I like to be I'm, I'm in the moment most of the time. So <laughs> and I'm usually babysitting somebody in the ring, so I kind of have to just make sure they're confident, so I don't die because. I'm a walking time bomb. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty focused on wrestling when I go anywhere, unless it's Magnum. Cause then I have to babysit everybody. <laughs> so what are your go-to road snacks? Muddy buddies. Yep. Muddy buddies. I love muddy buddies. <laughs> What is your favorite city to wrestle in? Ooh. Ooh. That's tough. No, it's not. Actually, that's a lie. So, I mean, city, does that correspond with venue, or are we talking city because of fans? Either or. I've wrestled in the ECW arena. And that was just surreal. Like, that was fucking awesome. It was a huge markout moment for me. Uh, but hands down, like, when it comes to uh, atmosphere, first half in Minneapolis, hands down, nothing beats that. That is... Uh, that is electric. Like, you cannot help but come out of the curtain up there at Wrestlepalooza in first half and there's 900 plus people going fucking bananas 
Like you can feel it. Like that is, like that's when, when guys like talk about like all the rush, like you can't, the, the adrenaline rush, you, you can't, you miss that. Like that's, that's what they talk about. Like I love coming out in front of the Magnum fans, but like half the time those people are like, let me sit on my hands. Or the other time they're like, bring us AJ Styles again, because they can't appreciate the talent that I have here and I'm grooming for them now. Take note, Omaha fans. Quit being a bunch of assholes. Buy your tickets in advance. We can start selling out ahead of time. That's how you get more names. Idiots. Um. <laughs> I just saw in the chat, the ball monkeys are asking, what is a muddy buddy? It was puppy chow. Chex mix, chocolate, peanut butter, powdered sugar. Oh, I love that shit. Oh, somebody Jason. answered him. The way to Jason Strife's heart is money, buddy. And yeah, but don't give me too much. I have to keep my abs. I have to keep my abs. <laughs> so, what has been like your favorite opponent? Hands down, overall, somebody I could wrestle seven days a week and not have, uh, and not have a bad match with ever is Jeremy Wyatt. Hugh Chris Manning saying best wrestler in the Midwest. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with him on that because even I'm the person that said people are like, oh my god, Jason, you're the best. No, like fucking Jeremy Wyatt's the best. When Jeremy Wyatt retires, if I'm still alive and wrestling, then then I can be the best. But right now that's that's Jeremy Wyatt. So I can I can wrestle him seven days a week and love it. It's always interesting, it's always exciting, it's never the same. So what has been your favorite tag partner? Mm, that's a tough <laughs> one. Uh, or, um, like, what would be somebody you would like to tag with if you had? Oh, uh, okay, that's another question. Like, it's like, shit. I mean, if I if it's somebody that I would like to tag with, I mean, there's possibilities are possibilities are endless like you know what though in reality i'm not i'm not a big tag wrestler um yeah i'm not a big tag wrestler like i just don't i i feel like i'm i'm the type of wrestler that can mesh well with anybody um but i mean let's put it in respect if we could do if we could take like 2006 2007 jason strife and put him with aj styles like we would be like the brother styles because we would look identical if you think i'm lying go back and look at like aj from tna and find my early pictures i assure you every time <laughs> somebody would come up to me and anybody i'm telling you you look like aj styles i'm like oh no it's so fucking original like <laughs> so like that would be cool if it was like, you know, in retrospect, but I'm not, so, not a big bag wrestling fan. So what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? Shiny wizard all day, baby. Knocking motherfuckers out. It's my favorite one to give. Favorite one to take? None of them. They hurt. This is, this is an awful question, Val. 
Everything hurts. Well, what hurts the least? What hurts? There is nothing that hurts the least. Um, it hurts the least. What's my favorite? Man, my favorite move to take is the one that I can counter. Um, I, I, you know what? I really, I like. I really enjoy when big guys give me clotheslines because I can flip, flop, and fly all over the place. Usually make them look pretty good. I actually, ironic, and there's people that are going to be surprised by this, but like, I love to bump. I will bump my fucking ass off. Anybody that's ever seen me do the Candido spot in person, I, I will, I will, I have out bumped people giving me moves with my pants down. So if you're ever with me at a bar show and I'm like, oh, Candido, you better be ready to run your ass off because I'm going to bump and feed like a motherfucker. So, and the whole time my ass is going to be out. I did that at WXW in Germany and hit Marty Skrull in the face with my bare asshole and I got a you sick fuck chant. Yeah. I should have hit him with my bare asshole again. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like Marty Skrull. So fuck him. So what would be now, like Jason Strife today, what would be your dream match? Like if you could wrestle anybody at the next Magnum show, March 20th, uh, <laughs> who would you pick? Yeah, Brian Danielson. And Brian, whatever. All right. I almost, funny story about that. Remember the first time he got released from WWE? Mm-hmm. He was out on the indies taking bookings for a grand. And we were trying to book him in SoCal for a Magnum match against me. And the date never lined up. Oh, I was oh, fucking furious. <laughs> so now we're to like the good portion of this time together where we hit road stories. Oh shit. And feel free All to right. um, obscure anybody's name if you need to. Oh yeah, I'll protect them boys. No, I won't. <laughs> You told me you were gonna shoot tonight. Yeah, everybody and all those bullshit things you used to do. The Ab and Dick connection coming at (laughs) you. Telling that story about the Ab and Dick connection does not do it justice. You had to have been there. But yep, yep. David Clark and Michael Monsoon, the Ab and Dick connection. Tiny apartment in Iowa City after a 30 pack of beer 30. It was $10.99 for a 30-pack of the shittiest beer I've ever had in my life, and we drank them all. So, like, I know that you have a wealth of road stories. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you want to, I mean, what do you want to know about, like, debauchery, us almost dying? Um Yes. Smoking, smoking <laughs> pot with Ian Rotten and Two Cold Scorpio. That's what I always forget about and I'll fucking love. I'll tell that one. Sure. Straightforward. I mean, uh, I was dating a girl at the time. And it was, it was actually, I think, I think it was just me, her, and Donnie in the car. And we did an IWA show. And then Donnie had to go back and do a CEW show, I think it was. It was something like that. It was like IWA, CEW, IWA. It was like, there's, I think it was three shows. I think it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. 
And so like Donnie was gone and yeah, cause it was Friday. We did the Friday show. Donnie left to go do the Saturday show. Uh, her and I stayed back and rode around with Dingo and Michael Elgin and Ethan Page all day. We just went to the mall. Like we just fucked off. We just did dumb shit. So on and so forth. And we did the show that night. We all ended up back at the hotel. Too Cold was on that loop. And so it ended up being me, Elgin, Mickey, Knuckles, Ian Rotten, and Too Cold Scorpio in Ian's hotel room. <coughs> and we were all hanging out, having a good time. And I think Elgin was trying to get with Mickey at the time. But like Ian was like not letting that happen. And like, I, I guess I found out at this point in time at that night that my girlfriend was bisexual. So like, like there's me and, and Mickey and Ian and Too Cold are getting all fucked up. I remember, Too Cold's rolling European spliffs. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I'm it's Too Cold Scorpio. I'm going to smoke it. They could have had that shit laced with LSD for all I know. I, I wouldn't have cared. So we're passing it around. And then, like, I don't know, all of a sudden, Mickey gets all touchy and feely with my girlfriend. And they leave and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, what the fuck? So I'm still just hanging out. <laughs> At that point, Elgin leaves, goes back to the, the, I just call it the boys' room because there was like 12 of us in it. And he goes back there. So I'm just hanging out with Ian and Too Cold. They're talking about ECW, getting high. And those who come back out of the, the bathroom, grinning from ear to ear, and I'm like, the fuck happened in there? That whole night, I just we I, we broke into Mike Logan's van and had sex all over his seats, and then went back up to the hotel room and slept for like twenty minutes, and then Donnie showed up. <laughs> it was really kind of anticlimactic to the story. It's just funny, is it? I had I had sex in Mike Logan's van. So, fuck it. That is funny. <laughs> Take your contracts. Show up with another van, and I'm gonna have sex in it. Um. I can tell you a funny story about Donnie Pepper Cricket and his ability to sleep through anything. Yeah. That was the night I almost killed us. Uh, <laughs> we were driving back from an IWA show, and Donnie was in the backseat asleep. <coughs> um, we had uh, good old moonshine Darren with us. I was driving, and uh, somebody was in the back with Donnie. I don't remember who. I'm sure he'll pipe in and, and tell everybody. Um. But we're, we're going along, and I, I started driving. And it was going out to IWA along I-80, there was always this place. There was a truck stop. There was a little diner. And then there was a place called the Tiki Motel. If you've ever driven along I-80, if you don't remember the fucking Tiki Motel, then you haven't lived. I think it was, I think it's in Illinois. So it's, I think it's past the world's biggest truck stop in between the edge of Iowa and... <coughs> fucking Joliet or whatever goddamn Illinois town Ian was running at the time. Probably Joliet. Uh, so we're probably like 10 miles out from there, and uh, I fell asleep at the wheel. And I mean like asleep, asleep at the wheel. And Darren starts yelling and wakes me up, and we're already in the in the ditch. And like I'm hitting the rumble strips, and I'm, I remember grabbing the wheel, and I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. And I get control and get us back on the road. Everybody in the car. Why the fuck awake? 
I might have shit my pants. I don't know. Donnie in the backseat, sawing fucking logs like you wouldn't fucking believe. And I'm just driving. I've got a death grip on the on the steering wheel, and I'm like, fuck this. We're pulling over. Get off at the Tiki Inn Motel. <laughs> we park, get out of the car. Guys, let's go to the diner, get some food or something. Donnie, wake up. I'm shoving him. Wake up, Donnie. Donnie doesn't fucking move. <laughs> doesn't fucking move. We're just, just shoving him. Donnie says it might have been Dave? No, it was Donnie. Oh, no. Dave maybe was with us. Yeah. <laughs> but Donnie was fucking dead ass asleep. And I mean dead ass asleep. So we go eat. I'm like, guys, I'm not fucking driving anymore. Let's just get a fucking room. So that's what we did. We, we split the room. We're fucking hitting Donnie. Wake up, Donnie. We're going to the room. Fucking let's go in the room, Donnie. Donnie's going, I'm, I'm punching. I'm fucking punching Donnie hard at this point to get him to wake up. Motherfucker just knows so. Just dead ass. All right. It's like, fuck it. My phone rings at like six in the morning. What room are you guys in? He finally wakes up. What room are you guys in? Oh, the one that's right in front of you. And I turned off my phone. Well, we had parked in front of two rooms. He didn't know which fucking room it was. So it was a 50-50 gamble on whichever door he knocked on. He was either gonna, he was either going to get us or he was going to get shot by a trucker. <laughs> Obviously, Donnie's still with us, so he picked right. I remember getting up and opening the door and then laying back down and going to bed. So, like, that was it. Like We almost fucking died. <laughs> oh, I'm trying so, to think if there's anything else. <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, I've had a lot. Of, I've you know we, we drove, we drove 26 hours to Chikara's Young Lions Young Lions Cup. I drove six hours up to Minnesota to meet uh, Eric Cannon, Darren Corbin, and Ryan Cruz, and then we drove out to Philadelphia, where I wrestled for Chikara. Uh, I remember being out, uh, at some bar and Ryan Cruz, uh, Ryan Cruz smacked me in the face with a gigantic slice of pizza. <laughs> That's always a funny memory to me. Or Eric Cannon telling me to walk up to Jigsaw and when you get his attention to be like, oh, that's why you wear a mask. I guess I, I look back at that now. That's like really fucked up. Like, but I was like, okay, <laughs> fuck it. If that's what you want me to do, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> but he got a big kick out of it. He's like, oh, you're a fucking cannons boy. Like, oh, they told me to say that. I, I don't mean it. Um, no, it was lots of, man, wrestling's cool. Wrestling's afforded me a lot of opportunities. I've gotten to, to do a lot of fun shit. And I would say that, it's, oh, I've done all these, I've made all these great memories. I've also had like nine concussions, so I don't fucking remember them anymore. So, it was like, I did, you know, I got to be on a show with the great Sasuke. So, like, that was fucking dope as shit. So, what are your hobbies outside of wrestling? Cars and video games. I'm a very basic man. Cars, video games, and my dog. There we go. That's what I was waiting for. We're waiting for, we're waiting for Commissioner Wes. Absolutely. Say hi to everybody, dude. <laughs> I woke you up. I'm sorry. 
Oh, now I have to unbook Donnie Pepper Cricket? All right. Do Sorry, Donnie. Commissioner Weston said you're unbooked. All right. I'll put you back down, okay? All right. Yeah, my dog. Uh, cars and video games. That's, I'm a very basic man. I don't, uh, I don't fester and fight a lot. I just work on my cars, play my video games, and go about my business. You hang out with your adorable dogs. Yeah, wow. He's a he's a crotchety old man, just like me. <laughs> I love your dog. Even if I think your dog hates me. Don't no, don't feel bad. He hates everybody. Like it's just it's it's who he hates less. That's what it is. <laughs> like he hates me. Like he is literally side eyeing the shit out of me right now because I picked him up because he was snoring. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bubba. You got to go outside anyways. We'll take that when we're done. Well, I'm getting close to wrapping up, so we should be good for Weston. Yeah, um, oh, fuck. I get it, windbag. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's I told you you could go as long as you wanted. So, sitting there, you able to do that. <laughs> Go so, um, I was looking at the chat. <laughs> yeah, no, I am too. As I'm interested in this booking cat. Hmm. Apparently, action has a booking cat. Yeah, action. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Cats are okay, but dogs are way better. I mean, I have a cat, so. No, well, but I know the yellow dog, so. He's he's a very good boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what upcoming shows do you have other than other than Magnum? Yeah. Um, Rugged Pro, April twenty fourth, and then on April eighteenth. Uh, on the April 18th, the Yellow Dog will be at LWE in Trainer, Iowa. Rugged Pros in Marshalltown, Iowa. And I did just get booked the other day for uh, Homegrown Wrestling. Oh, where's that at? Um, he's in, he's in Warren, Illinois. So oh. that'll be that'll be interesting. I've been trying to make my way back out east for a while. So I did. I, I literally haven't been in like the Chicago area, Illinois, or anything. And God, it's been years. So. Uh, I was pretty excited when he when he hit me up the other day. So that'll be fun. Any promoters yeah. out there listening, I can travel. I do have a valid passport, so just throwing that out there. So where can people find you? Facebook, that's it. I don't I don't have Twitter. We've discussed this. I hate Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is toxic garbage and I can't stand it. I mean, I love Twitter, but well, we're different people. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you tell a 10-year-old you? Like, knowing what you know now, if you could go back and have a conversation with a younger version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? Save your money. Go to stunt school. <laughs> I see. Are these people asking? What do, you, what do you get people asking questions in here? Singlet, trunks, or pants, and why? 
Is that one of them? Is that one of them weird questions? Like, just DM me that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find that in the chat, and I don't know where it is. It's Vic Sage. 66. Okay. Okay, I see that now. All right. Uh, I've worn trunks, and I've worn tights. And realistically, I prefer my tights over my trunks. I don't know. It all depends on how I'm feeling that day. Wrestlers have the worst body dysmorphia. So, uh, but I, I also have more spandex in my house than I have normal clothes. Sorry, <laughs> I have, I have. You have so much gear. I have six fucking toes in my house full of gear. So, you know, if anybody wants that ring worn stuff, like washed or not, I don't care. Hit me up. If you're paying, I'm selling. <laughs> yes. Twitter is a cesspool. I can't stand Twitter so much. And uh, uh, I'm not a I'm not a King Kong or a Godzilla guy. Sorry. I just see somebody asking that. Yes, Jack. Yeah. Why, why do I need to explain Jackie Chan? Like Jackie Chan's my idol. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story. You want to hear? You want to hear something? I don't want to say it's candid, but it's like my my confidence level in the talent available today is like very minimal. So like everybody always. Everybody always talks about like, you know, people that have gimmicks in professional wrestling, gimmicks and everything like that. Like, like charismatic canine yellow dog. That's a solid gimmick. Like, gimmicks are over. It's cool, right? I've never. Jason Strife has never had a gimmick. Like, Jason Strife is the gimmick. The gimmick is the name. Like, it's a we get Dasher Hatfield goes by what a, a very good professional wrestler, right? That's all Jason Strife has always been. Like, Jason Strife has always just been a good fucking wrestler. And a pretty entertaining guy. But I've always said that if I could be the Jackie Chan of professional wrestling, I would be. Here's the thing with that. I want to find competent talent that could hang in the ring if I were to do that. You can put me in front of any Jackie Chan movie available and I can pick apart and... and and see and know what's happening with every single fight scene that happens on the screen. I've been watching Jackie Chan movies since I was in like junior high. Like that's my shit. Like the guy's my idol. He's been my idol. And so I've always wanted to take that physical comedy and bring it into the physical comedy and the action and bring it into my professional wrestling matches. But there is nobody out there that can hang. Now, there's guys out there that think they can hang, and I'm not going to name names, but they look like absolute dog shit, and they need to fucking stop. The closest thing to ever come to what I want to emulate and it be done well, because this is the only time I've seen it done very well, is the the most fast-paced 60 seconds of professional wrestling. Do you remember the low-key and red match from Ring of Honor. I don't personally. Ah! I'm sorry. I'll try to find the clip and I'll try to send it to you. Yes. But they have an opening spot in their match, which people are calling like the most exciting 60 seconds of pro wrestling ever. And it's fucking great. It's put together like a believable fight scene. And it's awesome. And I love that shit. And I studied that shit when it came to watching wrestling nobody else can replicate it. That's why the other day at the other day in one of the, in the training classes, we were just talking about like, who are people you would want to work and blah, 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 blah. One of the new guys was picking my brain. I was like, fucking low key. 
I want to wrestle low key. And this motherfucker looks at me and goes, well, are you, what? I'm like, yeah, I want to fucking wrestle low key. Right behind that, I want to wrestle red. And then right behind that, actually not even right behind that. The top person on my list that I want to wrestle that I think can pull that off with because he's an avid Kung Fu movie fan like myself is Jack Evans. We tried so hard to have that match happen out in SoCal and we couldn't get it to pair up. That's just, that's a little insight into like, you know, people always ask like, well, what's your gimmick? Well, fuck, I don't have a gimmick. But if I could do it and do it well every single time I went to the ring, because you know how high my standards are for myself when I'm in the ring. If I could do it and do it well every single time, I would be the Jackie Chan of professional wrestling. So it's a little peek into the madness that is my mind and my opinion on current professional wrestling stars. <laughs> so, um, rounding off the night, um, a couple questions that I ask everybody. What was that? Sorry. Oh, no, you got the wrong pipe. Um, a couple questions that I kind of ask everybody. Um, how do you take your pancakes? Um, wheat pancakes with chocolate chips. Fair enough. <laughs> There's always and, my Denny's order. <laughs> Man, I miss after show Denny's. <laughs> I used to go to that was our that was our SoCal retreat was Denny's. I'd eat Denny's like fucking five times every time I was out there. <laughs> and then very important question um, that we we do ask everybody. Um, when it comes to an Oreo cookie, do you prefer a single stuffed Oreo or a double stuffed Oreo? Single. <gasps> yep. Single stuffed Oreo. Why? I'm offended. I'm a wrestler. Like, and? I'll eat a whole sleeve without even thinking about it. <laughs> I don't want to be in the gym for that long to work off of an entire sleeve of double stuff. I mean, granted, eating an entire sleeve of regular stuff Oreos isn't going to fucking make much of a difference, but... <laughs> Single. Well, moderation. Moderation, Val. Moderation. You've known me for a long time. Do I know anything about moderation? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. You hang out with us, so no, you don't. <laughs> we don't know so, anything about moderation either. So is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or plug this evening? You know what? I mean, I think the guys have done a super good job on getting everybody to go out there and follow Magnum Pro on Twitter. Um, definitely do that. Go over to Facebook. Give us a like at Magnum Wrestling. Follow us on YouTube, at Magnum Wrestling. Uh, would be even cooler, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Magnum Pro. Uh, right now, we've got a $5 a month tier and a $10 a month tier, uh, but we're going to be adding some more. Um, we are taping matches 
just about every week at our school for Patreon. Uh, it's just a chance for my young kids to get more work uh, and to work with the local guys here that have been around a while. Plus anybody that wants to travel in and do it. Um, it's kind of nice because I've gone back and I've watched a few of them uh, where you can see, you know, you can really already see the kids coming into their own. So it's kind of cool to be able to go back and, uh, you know, see them kind of grow up from their time hop hopping out of wrestling school. So, uh, you know, anybody that supports us there, we absolutely greatly appreciate it. Um, like I don't have social media. You can find me on Facebook. If you search for Jason Strife, uh, if you want to do me a favor, just tell your local promoter, you want Jason Strife to come to town. So, uh, you can come talk to me about Jackie Chan movies at the gimmick table. Cause I'll talk about Jackie Chan movies with you all night. So, um, outside of that, I mean, yeah, follow, follow Magnum Pro on anything that you can watch us on IWTV. <laughs> if you're not an IWTV subscriber, use Magnum for five free days. Um, I'm just trying to get more eyes on the company, get more eyes on the area. Uh, we live in just a black hole when it comes to wrestling. And it's sad because we have some of the best professional wrestlers on the planet right here in, in our, in our neck of the woods. And because we don't have some super indie out here, that's flying in fuck face a and dipshit B that does all the same shit you see on every fucking indie show across the planet. Like we don't get recognized for that. Like, like we're professional wrestlers. Like we tell stories, we entertain people. So we're not some spot monkeys. Shit drives me nuts. So, and I'm not even talking about that in the sense of me, support me. Like I'm talking about everybody that works hard out here. And I've got a lot of guys that work really hard. We've got, uh, we've got an awesome production crew and free captive productions that they're putting out content that if we had all the means to do it, it would rival WWE production. But you know, that kind of money isn't here on the independent level. We don't have a TV backing. So, you know, check us out. Uh, I love it when you interact, especially if you're on the Patreon, interact. I get all those messages. I typically reply to the messages, comments, all of it. Our YouTube, go check our YouTube out. We give you guys free matches all the time. Um, I'm sure some people watching are Game Changer fans. So we could just release JJ Garrett against Jay Fowler from last month. Uh, my match with Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight title is out there for free from January. I mean, we're putting stuff out there. I'm pretty sure you can dig back through. You can probably find uh, me versus AJ Styles, me versus Matt Seidel. Uh, if you go subscribe to my YouTube at Jason Strife, I've got matches with I've got matches with Seth Rollins on there. Um, I don't know. However, many other guys I've wrestled that have gotten signed, they're they're probably on there too. So I've probably got 200 or so matches on my YouTube. I just stopped updating it. <laughs> stopped giving a fuck. So throwing all my eggs into one basket and the, the, the Magnum pro con constituents. So I don't know. Is there, are there any questions in the. Yeah, any, any follow-up questions in the chatteroo here? I like, I like answering questions. Well, if you're a Magnum pro, if you're back on the Patreon, I appreciate that. Oh, they hit him with the link too. My guys, they know what's up. 
Uh, hey, who's this? You should ban this guy that said Oreos suck. Guy or gal. <laughs> okay, just yeah, ban that person. Who, they should go away. I don't know who that is. Well, apparently the guys are mad that I don't like double stuff. We're kind of a double stuff team here. I mean, it's cool. I mean, they're not bad. I just, I'll eat whatever's there. Just, just saying. <laughs> I saw something in here and trying to dig. Uh, favorite Jackie Chan movie? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, hey, to answer that Shrek one, it's, uh, hey, now you're an all-star. Uh, time travel? Don't get me started. I'm a multiverse uh, theory believer, so this is neither the time nor place for that. Uh, I'll make you a deal. If we can get 10 more patrons at the $10 tier, uh, I will put out a self-titled video where I will talk about my multiverse theory. Which, if any of the boys that were traveling to one of Nick Dintimore's shows in Sioux Falls were in the car, they can attest to how wacky it is. But uh, my Jackie Chan, well, uh, God, that's a tough one. Oh, okay, overall, um, overall, I'd have to say that my favorite one is um it's probably who am i uh it's a super underrated one uh a super underrated one that i don't think a lot of people know about and uh i love it it's got a really good car chase scene with uh with the evo 4 mitsubishi lancer evo 4 has got one of the best fight scenes on the rooftop towards the end of the movie that uh i absolutely love because it's so dynamic uh and back and forth so can goofy gimmicks make money? Oh, I got a good answer for this. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, goofy gimmicks can make money. Uh, proof of that being Orange Cassidy. But uh, my boy, the Yellow Dog, did an Impact Wrestling tryout. Oh, should we go into that story? Yeah, I think we you should. You got to cut it, or do you want to go into that story? I got time. Yeah. So my boy, my boy, the the yellow dog, the charismatic canine, uh, at charismatic letter K nine on Twitter. I don't know why he has a Twitter, but he's got one. Uh, in August of 2018, 2019, one of them, August of 2019, went out to Las Vegas and did an impact tryout. Motherfucker absolutely slayed it. Like nobody there could could compete. Like not at all. Like it was like the moment like he just even put his gear on, you could just see people talking and pointing and being like, oh, oh, smiling and laughing. Like, cause it's a fucking dope ass get up. Gets in the ring, does his thing, boom, 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 boom. Nothing but good feedback from D Lo Brown. D Lo Brown loves the fucking yellow dog. Madison Rain loves the fucking yellow, like, loves the yellow dog. And um, so they're like, okay, hey, you'll be at the, you'll be at the taping tomorrow. We're going to put you in the ring. Uh, you're going to wrestle Bob Evans and Tim Hughes. Uh, probably a lot of people know Tough Guy Inc. or whatever they're going by. Uh, and they pair him with this, uh, this big jacked fucking dude from Belgium. 
uh, who whose his flight literally got in like halfway through the tryout happening and got there right at the end. So they like threw him in and let him have a match. And so D'Lo was like, hey, we're going to pair you up with the big Belgium dude because like he flew from fucking Belgium. We might as well give him something. Kind of one of those, hey, you showed up. Here's a booking. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> so Call back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, so we have the tag match. I mean, the yellow dog has the tag match. <laughs> You're blowing it. <laughs> well, you fucking, you haven't figured it out yet. I'm the yellow dog. Uh. I still fucking hate Twitter, so I'm not on there much, but I do interact. <laughs> so we have the fucking match, right? And uh, uh, the match is the just the fucking shit because I'm doing whatever. Like, I'm watching what's going on. Uh, I'm hanging out with Paul London at Gorilla, like, Talking with Paul London at Gorilla was like talking to myself when it comes to watching wrestling. So like I was completely distracted because I was having a heyday. Because like we're just, we would be sitting there like just imagine I'm sitting here like this watching the monitor. Paul's standing right next to me, just like this, watching the monitor. And I'm watching the monitor, and I'm just like, now why the fuck would they do that? Now they just have to get up and they're gonna pick him back up just to do this and put him back down and blah blah blah. And I just see Paul look over. Yeah, like that doesn't make any sense. And then so we're sitting there, and then you know, like ten seconds go by, and he goes, "Well, why would you? Why would you just go up to the top rope just to end up coming back down to go back to get the other guy to go up top with you?" And I'm like, and I'm I'm sitting here, and I literally just go, "Yeah, so why didn't he just put him up there to begin with? Why did they have to do all this extra shit?" And Paul's like, "I don't know who's who's training these guys." And so, like, <laughs> that's our conversation for like a fucking hour. Like, that's just what we did that for like an hour. I felt like I was talking about all right. And so we get back and we go, we do the whole deal out there, and it's a uh, they do it on the dark or not the dark or whatever the it it was. They're like, oh yeah, we can put this on our Impact Plus, whatever, blah blah blah. Like, so many people are going to see it on Twitch. They didn't put it up. I don't blame them. I wouldn't have put it up. We've had Patreon matches better than that. So um, so we got to do that. But now, in my defense, it definitely wasn't my fault. And I'm not putting the blame on anybody. But some people fucked up their own spots. Let's just put it that way. So at the end of the day, like, everything's going, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. Like, uh we're done, we're tore down, all this. D'Lo's like, think you might be willing to relocate to Windsor for six weeks? I'm like, fuck it, I got nothing else going on in my life. Yeah, sure. So I, it's like, it's going back and forth for like, God, weeks, trying to figure this out. I'm trying to get hotels booked. Uh, if I'm going to fly, if I'm going to drive my car out there, whatever, whatever. And like, it's supposed to be training three days a week, filming stuff on off days for like a tough enough style show up in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. (coughs) 
So I can't get any re real details on what's going on. And so finally, we're like the week before. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't have any real details on what's going on. I don't even know like where the school's at, where I need to be, when I need to be there. Like, I've got a really cool story to tell. Like, I literally am coming off having five millimeters of my tongue removed and my entire left side of my neck cut open and all of my lymph nodes pulled out. Like, if I'm legit having to compete with athletes right out of the gate, then this is fucking stupid for me to come up and do. I was like, I have a hell of a story. I've been wrestling for 15 years. I've overcome an autoimmune disorder. I've overcome cancer. I was like, I'm not, I'm not coming up there paying my own way, paying $1,500 for a hotel for six weeks. No details, no guarantees. I was like, I'm not coming, man. Like my story is, my fucking story is worth more than that. And I never heard anything back. I did talk to somebody that went up there, somebody out of uh, Sammy Callahan's camp. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, they ended up doing training like two days a week for three weeks. And then just never picked anybody that was getting a contract. But then any, anybody that ended up going to a show with like Scott Demore, people ended up getting offered contracts. I don't fucking know. So it was a very long roundabout way to answer the question. Yeah, I do think goofy gimmicks can make money, but you have to know how to work and be a wrestler. Like you can't just be like, you can't be like, look at me. I'm, I'm a cat that claws on the ring posts or, you know what I mean? Like you gotta be able to do shit. If I was a Disney princess, I'd be Jasmine because I'm tan. Who's the worst wrestler I've been in the ring with? Oh, fuck. Uh, I don't have enough time for that. Um, Worst five. I didn't team with Tough Guy Inc. I wrestled Tough Guy Inc. Worst, what'd you say? What was that? So, like, which, like... When they ask who's the worst you've been in the ring with, like, you said you couldn't answer it? Uh, okay, so, or you don't want to? No, it's not that. It's just like... There's so I'm many. some real shit buckets. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I'll give you a fucking real good one here really quick. And he's probably not the worst, but... Uh, oh, God. Actually, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Um... There was a guy that used to come around Des Moines all the time. No, I don't even know if I wrestled him. I don't think I wrestled him. I guess I can't say that because I haven't wrestled him. He just really sucks. Um, so never mind. Uh, I wrestled a kid named... I can't remember his name, but it was at uh, it was at APW in Milo, Iowa. Altavius King. Altavius King was his name. And man, he was the shit. And like, I don't, I'm not a person. I like, I don't take liberties with people. I don't do that. I don't, I don't fucking beat people up in the ring. I'm not, 
I'm not. I'm an I'm an asshole and a dickhead, but I'm not an asshole and a dickhead in the ring. Like I'm very professional. But uh, I I used to do I used to do a running chop. I don't like to throw chops. I'm not somebody that throws chops all the time because I don't like them. Because like when you chop somebody, who do you think of? You see a chop in a wrestling match. Who do you think of, Al? Flair. Yeah. Why the, <laughs> fuck do, why the fuck do I want to do something that makes you think of somebody else? That's not my job. I need to do something that makes you be like, oh, fuck. That's uh, Jason Strife does that. That's Jason Strife. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. So anyways, like this dude's like really just uncooperative in the ring anyways. He's stiff and robotic. I, I can't move him. So it's hard to work with them, him cooperate. So finally, we just get going and get the spot. Just fucking whip him, corner chop, run, go to hit that motherfucker. And he puts his forearms up. And he... <laughs> he's the... He's a skinny... Like, this is like... His fucking quad... So his, his fucking forearms, like, I'm, like, chopping these beer cans of bone. Yeah. I hit that motherfucker, and you instantly... Now, this match is on my YouTube. You can go watch it. You have to find it. I hit this motherfucker, and I just went... Like, you can see my face and my demeanor visually change. That kid, I did beat the shit out of. Like oh, at, one point, at one point, I had him down in the bottom turnbuckle, and I fucking super kicked his face so hard, the whole ring moved. Now, everything was safe. I didn't hurt him. Don't yawn. <laughs> Never. I'm tired too, but I just know I'm going to go to bed late. and my roommate's going to show up and I'm going to be awake. It's going to be stupid. Um, like you can see it. I kick him and the fucking camera catches it and the whole ring just moves and we finish the match. Boom. Big finish. Bang. Cover. Kick out or not kick out. Cover. One, two, three. He might as well fucking kicked out because he just got up and walked around like I didn't just kick his fucking face off and drop him on his goddamn head. <laughs> God, that kid sucked. Oh, let's see. And he's not even the worst. <laughs> oh, trying to see if there's anybody else asking any questions. <laughs> well, I think that looks about all from the chat. Hey, good. Don't ask anymore. I got to take my dog outside. <laughs> Favorite puns. No, I don't do puns. <laughs> no. You're not that kind of guy. No. I'm not very punny. <laughs> well, on that note, I will let you attend to your adorable pup. Yeah, this has been probably. The Stack. I'm Val Pancakes, and this has been Jason Strife. You can see his work on Magnum Pro. Um, the next Magnum Pro event is March 20th. Yep. And oh! Oh! What? Quick plug. Quick plug. We're not going to do iPay per views anymore, except for maybe the big shows. 
but we are going to offer a Patreon tier that will give you uh, a link to every, like you'll automatically get a live stream for every event that we have the capability to do it on, even the ones that we aren't releasing to the public. So um, check that out. That should be updated this week. I'm in the process of working that out with uh, uh, Free Captive as far as how to do it through Patreon. So people can stop buying the link and sharing it with people. And we get 15 buys and 300 views because people are assholes. You know, if 300 people bought our fucking live stream, we could probably afford to bring in all those doofuses you people like <laughs> that aren't any good. They just pander to you on Twitter. I like people that pander to me on Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> Stand about. Stop it. They're not good wrestlers. I, I like talk every... to people. I don't pander, though. But I'm a good wrestler, so it's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, and then will that be up on IWTV after? Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything will go up to IWTV. I'm a kind of a dick, and like I don't upload it right away. I always wait until like the week before the next show. But that's probably pointless. I'll probably just start up. I don't, I don't want to upload them right away. Yeah, I'll keep waiting. <laughs> you know, build the suspense. And, and if you don't have IWTV, you can always use code Magnum for five free days. Yeah. Please and, do, and then stay on. A lot of good shit yeah. on there. IWTV is a real treat. I enjoy it quite thoroughly. Great platform. I think it's a fantastic thing for independent wrestling. There's so much independent wrestling that I would have never even mm -hmm. seen, thought, heard of that I absolutely love because I watch IWTV. There's a lot of independent wrestling I wish I would have never seen because of <laughs> IWTV, but they're still good at what they do, so... Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah, anytime. I'll come on the internet and talk shit about people. It's my that's, favorite thing to do. I was just going to say that's your favorite thing to do. I, fuck. That's all I do. I spend all day doing it. <laughs> I only get my own goddamn TV and get myself worked up for no reason. <laughs> oh, well. I'll learn one of these days. And you can follow Magnum Pro on Twitter at Magnum Wrestling. Twitter at Magnum Wrestling, YouTube at Magnum Wrestling, Instagram at Magnum Wrestling, uh, Patreon is just Magnum Pro, YouTube, Facebook. Twitter, yeah, Facebook at Magnum Wrestling. Yep. And follow, on everything. follow the charismatic canine on Twitter. Yeah, follow Yellow Dog. He's cool as shit. He's really good too. He's, <laughs> he's a, the he's best a boy. character that should make money. The what? <laughs> He's the best boy. He's the best boy. Absolutely. Nobody better. <laughs> Except well, <for> Canyon. <laughs> Pour one out. Um, yeah, for the homies. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs>